You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated, continuing our coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm Brendan Gulick along with Andrew Lind. And Andrew, obviously today uh, maybe didn't have quite the same shock value factor that uh, last week had when we found out that Quinn Ewers was considering reclassifying to the class of uh, 21 instead of the class of 22. And uh, now it's official. He is coming to Ohio State. Um, first and foremost, before we dive in deeper than that, what's your reaction, just surface level, on uh, finding out that Quinn is indeed going to be a Buckeye here in 2021? For sure. Like you mentioned, it, it really wasn't a shock at this point. You know, the, that report came out on, I believe it was Thursday. So for them to actually think that, you know, or anybody to actually think that the, the Texas Interscholastic League would change its mind over a weekend, you know, with, with Ohio State opening fall camp on, on Wednesday, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for anything to change in that aspect. So, you know, at, at that point, you kind of just expected viewers to, to end up coming to Columbus early. And, you know, now he, now he's um, it's just a matter of waiting to see, you know, how long it takes him to get there and, and we'll move on from there. I, I think the more I uh, contemplated that whole situation with that news, you know, starting to come out, it just became – clearer and clearer to me that it would have become maybe more of a shock if he didn't show up at Ohio State because all of this has to do with making upwards of a million bucks this year in name, image, and likeness. And the fact of the matter is you're either going to go to college and and sign those endorsement deals or you're going to leave that money on the table uh, as a high school senior. And certainly he's he's got the talent, he's got the pedigree, um, you know, I don't think we need to sell anybody on the, the merits and the projectability of a guy like Quinn Ewers. But um, this seems to be a move that's been completely driven by what he can do off the field. Uh, and so now here he is. And, and this quarterback battle gets a heck of a lot more interesting, not because I think he's he's going to be the guy, but he certainly is going to factor into this before the end of the season. I would be. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't see the field, at least in some capacity this year. But by the same token, I really have a hard time seeing him be the week one starter. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult for him to come in, even if he could get on campus on Wednesday with the, you know, and, and be there for the start of fall camp. You know, he's going to have to learn the full playbook. I'm sure he's gotten it in advance, but to know every little thing. And then on top of that, to have, you know, rapport with the with the wide receivers and the tight ends and the offensive line. Like everybody else has been there for a year or six months, so they all have kind of a leg up on on him in that aspect. On the other hand, though, it is nice that he'll have that four games. You know, where he'll be able to still redshirt if that's what they so chose to do. So you know, I fully don't expect him to see you know any playing time in the Oregon game, for example. You know, he might try to come in you know later mid-season when they have some, you know, weaker Big Ten teams just to see what he's about. Um, but for him to come in, it's, it's a very difficult, tall task. 
just so much to unpack here. And and you bring up the word redshirt. I'm having a really hard time deciding if if that's even a realistic word, thought process, situation for him. Because if he is as good as everybody thinks he is, and and if his career, once he gets on the field and is ready, if if he's got the kind of projectability, NFL first-round draft pick, legit quarterback projectability, does does redshirting even do anything? I mean, w- it, it feels like a wasted year, I guess, is where I'm getting. He's either playing or he's not. Yeah. Um, and, and frankly, he, maybe maybe he's at Ohio State or he's not. None of us really know what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and if he's not the starter week one this year, let's say Ohio State goes on a great run, whether it's C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller or Kyle McCord, one of those guys takes the job week one, and let's say the Buckeyes rip off a whole bunch of wins in a row and they're rolling. And and that guy, you know, takes the team deep into the season. What if Quinn has a hard time getting on the field and then chooses to go somewhere else? So I, I guess, you know, none of us know how this is going to play out. He's obviously extremely talented, but the idea of the redshirt year, I think, is really interesting to me because I, I'm just not sure if that's really a, a situation I can see with him. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's one of those things that it's very difficult to project in the future, and you almost you almost waste time talking about what could be depending on what happens. I mean, what happens if Kyle McCord comes in and wins it, you know, wins the job, they're in the exact same class. Now Quinn may never see the field. Um, CJ and Jack are also technically in the same class, especially with the fact that they have the extra year of eligibility now. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you don't want to spend too much time projecting what's going to happen in the future because there's bound to be attrition at the position. There's bound to be people who transfer out and you could have a completely different quarterback room in two or three years anyway. So, you know, it's really difficult. You just kind of, in my opinion, you see how it goes. If there's games where, you know, you're, you're able to get all four quarterbacks play playing time, you know, that that's probably the smart thing to do. But at the same time, you can't go into every single game and say, well, I have to get CJ this many, this many reps. I have to get Jack this many and so on. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I'm going to comment here from where goes one. I don't see him as QB one this year maybe in blowout games. Frankly, I think that's the the best case scenario. It's what Ohio State didn't have the chance to do last year. They didn't have non-conference games. They had, you know, a, a truncated camp. They had no spring ball essentially. They basically didn't give a chance for any meaningful reps for for Jack Miller and for CJ Stroud because Justin had to be, you know, kind of running the show. Um and then as the season went along, the Buckeyes had a hard time putting teams away where they could put those other guys in for any length of time. Um, so having, you know, maybe a quote unquote more normal year this year, where at least you had spring ball where three of these four guys have taken a lot of snaps uh, and, and have, you know, been through the off season weightlifting program and, and, you know, know the offense at this point to your point earlier, developing some camaraderie with the offensive line and a lot of these really talented skill guys that are coming back Um that stuff all means something. And and I guess the best situation, in my opinion, for, for Quinn, get on campus, get ingrained as quickly as possible to just throw yourself into the, the culture of the program. And then, frankly, hope the Buckeyes do what, what they're expected to do. And with the exception of the Oregon game, which should be a competitive game, you know, some of the, the earlier season uh, games, if, if the Buckeyes can – 
you know, really stick it to Tulsa and, and what they should do to Akron, given the, the talent gap there. Maybe that's a chance for viewers and or anybody else to start seeing some meaningful, uh, meaningful playing time. Yeah, and to kind of go with with your point, the fact that he's going to be coming in and have a chance to to start is obviously a big part of this. But at the same time, I think there's there's a part of him that has to understand like maybe it doesn't go that way. For all the talent that he has, he's obviously you know one of just a handful. I believe it's six players ever to have a perfect rating on two four seven um, recruiting rankings. So for him to come in with those kind of expectations, you wonder if it's it's kind of a I'm starting or bust thing, or if he is, is ready to, you know, be willing to wait and learn. And it, it's just a matter of seeing what happens. Hummus Hero says, I think the writing could be on the wall that we lose two of the four to the portal. Hopefully not, but it definitely wouldn't be a surprise. I agree. That's another reality. How many would be lost to the portal? I don't know if it's fair to speculate one, two, or three, whatever it might be, but, um, that is kind of the reality. I mean, we're talking about four guys. Ewers and Stroud and McCord are all five-star kids. Jack Miller, a four-star kid. Like, these guys have a boatload of talent. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know the individual situations for each one of them and their their happiness level with maybe not winning the job and, and being willing to wait to try and see if they can get on the field somewhere along the way. Uh, but there's only so many snaps to go around. There's only one football, and – you know, that's what Ryan Day talks a lot about in, in recruiting is they want to foster a really competitive environment. And if you come to Ohio State and you're not willing to, you know, s- stick with a really tough situation where you're working against your teammates to try to compete for playing time, then maybe you shouldn't be at Ohio State in the first place. I, I think the reality is that all four of them aren't going to stick around, but which combination stay I'm not sure if we can uh, if we can really accurately predict that yet. Yeah, and I, w- I would agree with that. I said as much on Twitter today as well. You know, when it comes to to the the attrition that's eventually going to come, because there's no doubt that no all four of them are not going to stay. Like I said before, they're all pretty much in the same class. They all have the same eligibility. Obviously, you can work with a red shirt with with McCord and Ewers at this point. But it's one of those things that you you just kind of deal with it when it comes. And especially if we look back at where Ohio State's quarterback's room was when Ryan Day became the head coach to where it is now, it was only two years ago that he had Tate Martell and, and Matthew Baldwin as his quarterback's room. So to say that, you know, they're not going to be able to reload, that they're not going to see people leave, new people come in, like that's just the reality of it. How about the roster management angle of this? You know, you have to try to split up snaps somewhat in camp and in practice um, because you you may not be able to split them up the way you want to in games. You don't know how the game's going to go, and that often dictates who gets who gets to play and who doesn't. Um, but I, I think Ryan Day, to this next comment, Day has his hands full trying to do a balancing act with the QB room. I, I totally agree. Um, let's not lose sight of the fact that all four of these guys – for their entire high school careers have probably been told how great they are. And frankly, they've deserved that praise because they've all come into Ohio state with a lot of accolades. The challenge is going to be for Ryan day to, to, you know, foster some friendships between those guys and get them to really, you know, buy into bringing the best out of each other. Um, Cause at the end of the day, the goal is to win a national championship and, you know, hopefully all four of them approach that with the right mentality, regardless of whether or not they win the job. 
Well, I think one aspect of it too is obviously if if it comes to it and it's one of those things where one, two, or three of them decide that they want to go play elsewhere, there's there's a, a layer to this where the uh, other schools that are interested in them are going to ask Ohio State's coaches, what kind of player am I getting? And if it's a kid who, you know, wasn't showing up to things, had attitude, was upset about the situation, they're not going to want to take him. So they're going to have to come and be professional every single day, whether they're number one on the depth chart or number four. And obviously Ohio State can point to 2014 when they won the national championship with a third-year starter or a third-string starter. Um, you know, obviously you don't want that to happen. You don't want to be down two players to injuries or those kind of things. But there, there's a, a way of it happening where they can all play, you know, just you got to kind of see how it fold, unfolds. I mean, that that's definitely a component of this. You know, you need to build some depth. And so hopefully, and again, I, I, I don't know the individual mindset of each of these four guys other than to say they're extremely competitive and they want to play. But hopefully you've got guys that love Ohio State and love this program enough to look at the pretty recent past, as you pointed out, and say, hey, look, you know, Ryan Day always says you need to have a pair and a spare at every position. I don't see why quarterback should be an exception to that, even if one guy's going to take the lion's share of the snaps. If if God forbid somebody gets hurt, I mean, look at look at the way Justin Fields got annihilated last year. You know, he got hurt in the Michigan game a couple years ago. And and last year, I mean, obviously the the Clemson game, you know, he 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 put on a, a performance that may be the best all-time individual quarterback performance in program history, but maybe the most memorable play of the game was the hit that he took. Mm-hmm. Um, those things happen. You're, you're playing a violent game, and, and you've got to make sure you have some depth um, because the last thing you want to do is you know feel like your heart's ripped out when, when your starter goes down, and that's more than just quarterback. It's got to be all the way across the board. Quarterback just gets an awful lot of the attention because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you had mentioned um, the game at Michigan uh, when Chris Chuginoff had to come in uh, for a couple plays when Justin was in the tent. So to say that, you know, that they can just have anybody behind the starter um, would, you know, would be wrong just because they they do need somebody in those situations. Football is, like you said, a violent sport. And you're going to obviously have bumps and bruises along the way. And if one of them goes down, you need somebody else. And, you know, you're almost practicing if you don't win the job. You want to win the backup job. So there's still competition in there. And then the fact that, you know, in a year or two, or you could go through this season and the next season and say one of the, the returning players, Miller or Stroud, wins the job, plays this year, plays next year, goes off to the NFL. And then you still have two, maybe three years for Quinn or, or Kyle to still start as well. Just got a nice compliment here from Hummus Hero. Uh, wanted to say what a great job you guys do on this channel. Great insight has a bright future. Thanks. Appreciate your support and certainly hope you'll uh, you'll hang out with us here more often. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking about when it comes to this kind of news is how it resonates with the rest of the team outside the quarterback room. You know, if 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 you're a linebacker for the Buckeyes or if you're in the tight end room and you hear, hey, Quinn Ewers is coming to town, I, I wonder what kind of uh, reaction that sends throughout the team. I would have to imagine it's one of excitement because you're bringing in a legitimate player who, had he stayed in the class of 22, would be the number one recruit in all of high school football across the country, and is supposed to be a, a you know generational type talent. Um, 
So I would imagine it's an excitable one, but I would also think that a lot of these guys, even in other positions, probably are trying to take some onus and say, hey, look, we gotta we gotta make sure we, you know, get this guy in and ingrain quickly so that as a team we don't skip a beat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's one of two ways of looking at it. You can kind of look at it and say, okay, you know, it's this kid skipping high school, his final year of high school. He's he's very, you know, highly touted. Um, and you wonder like how that would disrupt any potential, you know, culture on the team. On the other hand, you can say, well, look, we're bringing in the number one recruit and it doesn't matter whether it's 21 or 22 because they adjust the rankings and he's still number one uh, for 2021 as well. And you say, okay, well, if he starts as a true freshman, he has obviously earned it. He's obviously very good and we're in a great spot. And if he doesn't win it, then that means that somebody else beat out the number one recruit in the country to win that job. So either way, you have to be feeling good about about your chances with whoever ends up under center. Well, it certainly is. Uh, it's going to be a, a crazy, crazy couple of weeks here to figure it out. Um, again, my personal opinion, I have an extremely difficult time seeing Quinn being, you know, the starter one month from today at Minnesota on September 2nd. Um, it's not to say he might not get in a game in the first half of the season, but I just have to imagine, even if he's – let's assume he's had the playbook for a while. This obviously isn't some knee-jerk reaction and all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I can actually graduate from high school and I'm going to go to college now and play college football this fall. That's that's nonsense. So let's assume for a second that, you know, Ohio State's coaching staff was well aware of this. Um, Quinn at least has some semblance of the playbook and and has the ability to kind of prep for this as best he can on his own. I still think he's at such a disadvantage coming in because of all the time and effort that Stroud and Miller and McCord have put into this. Um, talent only takes you so far, and so I, I just don't see Quinn playing. You know, as the starter, uh, I would expect that he's going to get some snaps this year, but it's it's probably going to be in lower stress situations um, unless he comes in and just you know blows the doors off everybody. You know, his arm is obviously his best trait. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to take you long to figure out why he's he's rated as highly as he is. But Kyle McCord's got a rocket. I mean, he's got an absolute cannon. How about the first pass he threw in the spring game? For a lot of Buckeye fans, that was the first time they really saw him, if you weren't looking at some of his high school highlight tapes. He threw like a 65-yard bomb on a seam route down the middle of the field and, and completed a pass and have, had everybody that was at the spring game kind of going, okay, all right. We're going to be just fine. So, yeah, I, I think yours is not going to be in the conversation to be the week one starter, uh, but I do expect that that he's going to be a part of the conversation and see some snaps as the year goes along. I really think that it has a lot to do with when he gets on campus because if he was there for practice number one, I think that it's entirely possible that he starts game number one. It's just one of those things that, you know, there, there's plenty of players who will come in and make just that kind of impact. And it doesn't have to just be talent alone. Like he can come in, and, you know, he could just really mesh well. They could be moving the ball, you know, and practice those kind of things. And if, if that's the case, I could see it be a situation where he is starting week one in Minnesota, especially given the fact that, that Ryan Day said that the three quarterbacks who are already on campus are all even at this point going into camp. And, you know, that he'd like to he'd like to have a new starter in, in two weeks into camp. Um, but the fact that none of them have thrown a collegiate pass so far, I mean, they've only had 18 total snaps between them, but between Miller and McCord, or I'm sorry, Miller and Stroud. 
and McCord just joined the program in January, there isn't a this massive advantage in my opinion. I do think that you know based upon what we saw in the spring in the spring game particularly, I think that McCord actually is the one that has the you know the the leg up at this point just because you know he has the best arm and I think that that's something that would be able to um, help Ohio State offensively. And if that's the case, if 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 his arm is truly something that would separate him, why can't it be yours? You know what I mean? So it just really depends on how quickly he gets on campus, how quickly he, he can ingrain himself into that stuff, and we'll just we'll have to see from there. I agree with you. I'm not going to make a prediction, especially before camp even starts, yeah. uh, at who the guy is going to be. Um, I think there's a slightly different skill set between C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord, who – seem to be getting a little bit more of the conversation between the two uh, amongst who's going to be the starter. I tend to favor McCord a little bit. I I just, I love his game. I like what I saw from him in the spring game. Uh, I like his work ethic. I, I just, I think he's got a really, really good chance to be the guy, but I also, you know, you can't ignore the fact that CJ Stroud and Jack Miller even if they didn't see the field much, they were around for, you know, last year, had a chance to to watch Justin do it at an elite level um, and, you know, just be that much more familiar with the program and understanding uh, what it's going to take, uh, you know, to win a, a Big Ten championship and, and compete for a national title. Um, I do really think, though, what this ultimately comes down to is that there isn't a wrong answer. Sure. Like for as well as Ohio State has recruited in the last couple of years and then especially in this unique situation – like Ryan Day is in a situation where I don't think that he can do any wrong. It's just about maximizing the talent that he has. So it's really whoever, you know, the best of the of the best, if you will, you know, whoever can really show themselves as as the better player in the next couple of weeks is ultimately who's going to be under center week one. Can we step back for just a quick second and think about the class of 21? Now that Quinn Ewers is a part of the class of 21, uh, and according to, to our recruiting outlet at SI All-American, who does such a great job, um, a slightly different look at recruiting classes than maybe some of the other uh, nationally recognizable recruiting services. Um, with Ewer's addition to now the class of 21, uh, it, it puts Ohio State over Alabama in, in our national guy's eyes uh, as the top recruiting class in the country. You've got Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo-Au, two staples on the defensive side. Obviously, you've got Travion Henderson. You've got Donovan Jackson. Um, two five-star quarterbacks coming in between McCord and Ewers. Some ridiculous talent at wide receiver. I mean, you don't win national championships on paper, and typically it takes a couple years to figure out how good your recruiting class really was. Um but my gosh, this this is one of the highest rated recruiting classes ever signed at any school all time, um, at least to this point, based on you know what what their perceptions and projections have been from high school. Boy, this this feels like a heck of a group for the Buckeyes, and I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited with this team. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned um, some very important cogs in that, and the fact that you know JTT. Uh, Jack Sawyer are two of the highest rated defensive players ever. And it doesn't matter what recruiting services you're looking at. And then you're adding all kinds of uh, uh, firepower on offense between the two quarterbacks, the receivers, and then a whole bunch of defensive backs. I know um, John Garcia, the director of recruiting for SI All-American, had mentioned Jordan Hancock is somebody who was 
the top overall player at his position at nickel corner. So it's kind of one of those things that even beyond those star names, even beyond those players who are instantly recognizable, these are players who are going to have impacts, you know, well into the future. So to say that, you know, this Alabama Ohio state game that we just saw six months, seven months back now, you know, that that's just the first chapter in, in what we're going to see between those two teams. If you think back in Ohio state quarterback history, most of the guys that come to mind as the best program quarterbacks um, have played at Ohio State in the last 20 to 25 years. And a lot of that has to do with just the the era of football, the way that you know the quarterback has become that much more of a focal point. Statistics have been much better you know, nowadays than they were back in the days of Rex Kern, who I think is unquestionably one of the all-time great Buckeye quarterbacks. Now that Quinn Ewers is officially a Buckeye, right? He's going to be on campus. If it's not this week, it's next week. He's on the roster this year. He's wearing the scarlet and gray this season. What would it take for him to be considered one of the all-time great Ohio State quarterbacks by the time his career is said and done? What do you think? That's really difficult to answer, though, because for for quite a while, actually until last year, I actually thought that JT Barrett was the best quarterback in Ohio State history. And – you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, he didn't win the Heisman like Troy Smith did. He was just there for five years, so that's why he set all these records. But those, you know, it, it kind of depends upon your version or your what your definition of the all-time greatest quarterback is. And I think that Justin Fields has now taken that that mantle, and, and he's now the best quarterback in Ohio State history just because of the dynamics that he brought to the offense, you know, his, his hard work, his will to win, those kind of things, like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about trophies. It doesn't have to be about, you know, setting records, those kind of things. But obviously they, they go a long way. So if I had to, if I had to say, well, what does Quinn Ewers have to do to become the greatest all time, you know, Heisman National Championship, those would be very easy things to say. It's just really difficult, like I said, to project and say, well, what what defines the all time greatest quarterback? Sure. No, and I, that's it's fair. I mean, it's a fun exercise to think about, but. Um, obviously it's not like Ohio state's quarterback room has had a boatload of Heisman trophies. And so it's, it's not like that, um, becomes an irrelevant, you know, part of the discussion, right? They've only had, uh, a couple. So obviously if he wins a Heisman trophy, that's going to put him right there. Um, only a few Buckeye quarterbacks that you would consider to be all-time greats have won national championships. I think if he could do that, that would put him in that conversation. Um, you know, but you, you think of some of the best Ohio State quarterback athletes that have played. Most of them have come within the last uh, within the last you know, twenty years or so now, and I think Quinn's game fits that same kind of mold. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, you kind of hit it on it a little a little bit too. You know, if I'm going to say from a from a pure athlete standpoint, there might not be a better quarterback than Braxton Miller or Terrell Pryor. If you're talking about somebody who had the best arm in, in Ohio State history, you're going to say Cardale Jones. You know, he won a national championship, but you're not necessarily going to say that because he won a national championship that he is the best quarterback in Ohio State history. So, you know, I, I'm kind of one of those people who I like to quantify it and say, you know, was it the best career? Was it the best arm? Was it the best athlete? Those kind of things. And I think that there's a chance that if if Quinn does everything he's supposed to do and is as good as advertised, 
that he takes all of those. You know, he could win the job as a true freshman, set all kinds of records. He could win a national title, he could win a Heisman Trophy or two. So it's just kind of one of those things that you have to see what he puts on the field. And then, you know, when it comes to grading all-time players, it's kind of a, a post-career thing. Sure. No, and you can't have this conversation without talking about Troy Smith either. I mean, it, in a lot of people's eyes, he is the best quarterback to play at Ohio State. Um, and obviously winning a Heisman Trophy is a big part of that. So all fun speculation. Hey, maybe it's not Quinn. Maybe it's it's Kyle or, or CJ or Jack that we're going to be talking about in that same light. Um, the fact of the matter is it helps when you win a lot of games. It helps when you've got a lot of talent around you to, to rack up some of those statistics as a quarterback. Uh, and the Buckeyes, you know, were last season – the frustration around having the season taken away was largely predicated on the kind of team they had and the legitimate national championship aspirations that the Buckeyes had with an established veteran quarterback in Justin Fields. This year, so many of those pieces are back and, and guys that are supposed to be extremely talented young players uh, are on this roster. And I think those aspirations are, you know, similar um, but maybe it's a slightly different feeling just because you don't know what you're going to get yet at that quarterback position. I also didn't mention uh, Emeka Egbuka, which uh, totally slipped my mind, but I think I did reference the the talent in the wide receiver room. So, you know, you've got the number one receiver, the, the number one quarterback, the number one defensive end, the number one defensive tackle, number one running back in this recruiting cycle, the same team. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. kind of silly. And it's not even just that either. There's a lot of depth to the positions as well. You know, you mentioned wide receiver. There's also Marvin Harrison Jr. Then there's also Jane, who is one wide receiver in Ohio. So it's not as if it's hot either. But these are all players who are going to contribute at some point. And it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long it takes for them to contribute because there's, you know, especially a wide receiver. Wide receiver, there's so many talented players. But once they get there, you're going to wonder, you know, why they weren't making an impact sooner or, you know, how, how you could keep somebody just that on the bench. But, I mean, that, like we said about quarterback, too, it's obviously a great problem to have. One more comment here. Beat the team up north each year, win the Big Ten each year, and a national championship. That's definitely uh, that's the hierarchy of the goals in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It starts with beating Michigan and, and winning a Big Ten championship. You know, the sign forever is said, get to Indy. I guess that may have to rotate now. It might not always be indie, but the concept's still the same. Uh, get to the college football playoff, whatever that's going to look like. Four teams right now. Will it be 12? I, I don't know. I, I think maybe some of the um, some of the conversation around that may have stalled a bit because that was a, a notion put together before Texas and Oklahoma just pieced out of the Big 12 and left everybody hanging. Um it could still be 12, but I, I'm not so sure that that's going to be the same easy slam dunk conversation that it, uh, that it might have been had uh, Texas and Oklahoma not left the Big 12 high and dry. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, that's certainly uh, – those are the goals. And, and, you know, once again in 2021, no matter who the quarterback is, the good news is for the Buckeyes, they, they seem to, you know, have the talent. They've got the coaching staff. They play in a league where they, you know, they think they're going to be tested – uh, and ready to compete at the national level, and we'll see how they do it. For sure, and the, and the nice thing about it is tomorrow we obviously uh, start media availabilities, and we have Corey Dennis and the quarterbacks first. We won't win, obviously, because he's not on campus, 
but the fact that we can talk to them and kind of gauge their, you know, what they're expecting to get out of fall camp and kind of see where their, their head's at going into it, it's, it's going to be pretty cool to see. Yeah, looking forward to that very much. So we will continue to cover the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, as closely as possible here throughout uh, throughout camp. And obviously we're looking forward to the season as it gets rolling here one month from today. That's kind of wild to think about, too, that we are now a month away from football. But um, after media day has come and gone and and uh, this semi-unexpected uh, story is, has come up and now become the, the talk of college football and, frankly, maybe a new precedent for – for kids that uh, think they could pick up some serious endorsement money. Um, I'm hard pressed to believe Quinn Ewers is going to be the last one to, uh, to quote unquote, skip his senior year of high school as silly as that might sound. Um, times are changing and money talks. And at the end of the day, this, this to me feels a lot like uh, a monetary decision, even though he specifically came out and said, look, this isn't about the money. I mean, I'm sure he believes he can come in and compete. I, I'm sure he thinks that he is ready to go and, and you know, can get get in with Coach Marotti and get in with Ryan Day and the rest of this room and and get to work. Um, I, I totally believe him. But he wouldn't leave high school if someone didn't offer him a million bucks. So I, I'm, I think – Yeah, I mean, I see it both ways. I mean, I would have I would have left high school a year early for $1,000. mean you <laughs> – there were days I mentally checked out of high school and, get, and right. didn't get any money for it. Right. So it's kind of one of those things like I understand why he's doing it, even if it wasn't a, a monetary thing, because it's it's all about his future development. Why not, you know, instead of instead of risking potential injury for another year, um, not get paid for it, all that kind of stuff. Like, why not get on campus? Even if you sit for a year or two, you're still learning. You're still making money off endorsements, those kind of things, and it's really all about your future. And if you want to, if you want to accelerate the process to get to the NFL, which is your ultimate goal, you know why not do it? Thanks for joining us on uh, Buckeye Breakdown. We're covering the Buckeyes here, especially as they get rolling with camp this week. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you again real soon. Buckeyes now on SI BuckeyesNow.com. Find us on all of our social media channels. And uh, please subscribe to our YouTube content as well. See you soon.